just introducing yourself and just telling me your position. Okay, um, I'm Andrew Paramore and I'm the Director of Medical Affairs at Genomic Health for UK and Ireland. Okay, so can you give us a brief overview of the Taylor Act trial and I'll start with the, the overview of the Taylor X study. It's a, a study, a large study, one of the largest um, adjuvant treatment studies in breast cancer. Um, studies like this only come along you know, every decade or so. Um, and it it's, has been designed to answer a question that's uh, been on many clinicians' minds for, for many years. And I think in the past, um, based on clinical data, um, we were, there was, it was discovered that um, a lot of patients actually can benefit from chemotherapy, but we couldn't identify actually who. So the TaylorX study was designed to try and refine and identify those patients that um, would benefit the most from chemotherapy, and to capitalize on the emergence of um, the Oncotype DX signature, um, which is able to um, identify people with good and, and poorer prognosis, but also identify those most likely to benefit from chemotherapy. The study was designed um, based on uh, a lot of the validation data for Oncotype, which showed that patients with a low recurrence score did really well without chemotherapy, and patients with a high recurrence score actually did really well with chemotherapy, and that's where all the benefit for the chemotherapy was, was for those patients with a high recurrence score. And there was an intermediate range. And in that range, it wasn't, we weren't so certain of where that benefit of chemotherapy was because it's, this is like a biological system, so it's not a yes or no, it's a gradation of response. So the study was specifically designed to address that question. So the largest portion of the study was the randomization group, which was the intermediate range of recurrent scores, so the 11 to 25 arm, to really answer that question, who benefits from chemo. And I think the study is designed as a non-inferiority study. And the standard treatment arm was assumed to be chemo hormonal therapy. Um, and the, tri the trial arm was hormone therapy. Um, and obviously, the patients that were eligible um, for the study are patients that are eligible for testing. Uh, and it's those patients where there is some uncertainty based on their clinical risk profile of their actual benefit from chemotherapy. So the patients included um, patients aged from 18 to 75. Um, HER2 negative, ER positive, with early breast cancer. Yeah, it's, been, it's been completely, I think it's dominated ASCO really this year. I mean, on the BBC as well, I went on yesterday and it was the top story on everything. Uh, it's amazing. Yeah, I mean, it was in the, the practice changing plenary, which yeah. is, is the right place for it, essentially, because it is such a large study, but it also addresses the question that clinicians have been struggling with for many years. Um, and the fact that the, the study, the primary endpoint was um, met and that um, the uh, hormone therapy is non-inferior to chemo-hormonal therapy um, shows that the large majority of patients um, that are tested with the Oncotype um, recurrence score um, derive no benefit from chemotherapy. And because uh, in the UK specifically, as you know, you know, even with the ongoing NICE process, the Oncotype DX signature is available, it's, it's recommended by NICE for this very population. So with this data, now what happens is, you know, from, from Monday, it's already been integrated to clinical practice wow. because the clinicians can, when they get the result back, they can then interpret the result and say to a patient with a lot more confidence, if you've got a recurrence score less than 25, if you don't need chemotherapy, look at all this data 
from over you know, 6,000 patients, we can really be sure that there's no benefit for you. And the patients can then feel confident in their own decision um, because a lot of them um, dread and fear chemotherapy. But they also the reverse is true. If you identify a patient that actually derives a lot of benefit from the chemotherapy, then it, it makes them feel more comfortable that they can, they've made the right decision to go for that chemotherapy treatment and it is necessary despite the side effects and it's going to benefit them. So it gives them that reassurance and confidence to stick with that sometimes the, the quite poorly tolerated chemotherapy regimes. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's both ways. So you know they can have endocrine therapy um, alone if they've got a, a less than twenty five recurrence score, and that means to them that you know they they can go back to work quite quickly and then get on with their lives really quickly. Um, whereas those patients that have the higher recurrence scores, twenty six and more, um, they know that if you know with six months of chemotherapy, they're going to have a better outcome. Yeah, so it's um, a genomic assay um, and it uh, is used um, on the excision sample. So routinely, when a patient's diagnosed with breast cancer, they have surgery to remove the tumour and we test a sample of that tumour um, in a central lab and we test for the expression of 21 genes. And um, these genes are a mixed group of genes um, focused on um, whether... Uh, you've, you've got a strong hormone response or you've got high risk of proliferation, so lots of tumour you know, growing um, quite rapidly. And it's the balance between all these, these gene groups that generate a recurrence score between 0 and 100. Um, and obviously, the higher the score, um, the poorer the prognosis and the greater the benefit from chemotherapy. Um, so, obviously, TaylorX is, is a pivotal study that, you know, it really is a large perspective randomized trial. Um, there's lots of other studies that have been done um, of equal quality um, that show that uh, the recurrence score is able to predict um, benefit from chemotherapy and also um, breast cancer patients' outcomes, so their prognosis. We've also got um, real-world evidence data, so um, actually in real clinical practice, how clinicians use um, the test and what the outcomes are and that's at the moment um, that's a, an ongoing relationship with SEER um, in the US and you know the amount of uh, clinical trial evidence we have from that is around you know 60 odd thousand patients um, and with their five-year outcomes so far so all the data together really shows that the Oncotype um, test is able to um, successfully stratify patients into different risk groups and identify those that benefit from chemotherapy. And now with the TaylorX result, we've got nine-year outcomes data. Um, so it's really excellent, excellent data to show that the, the test does what we expect it to do. In terms of TaylorX, what's the next steps for the trial? Um, it's a large study, um, so there's going to be lots of analysis of different subgroups and secondary endpoints which have all been planned. So there are lots of other questions um, that have been developed within the study because it's an independent study, it's not a genomic health study. Um, it's ECOG and ACRIN sponsored by the NCI, so there are lots of other questions they wanted to address you know, the adjuvant management of breast cancer. 
Um, there's also very important um, components on patient outcomes in terms of how it impacts their quality of life um, and their ability to, to work and, and, and cognitive function because there's been an association and, and lots of theories that chemotherapy has an impact on, on, on the brain um, and many patients have reported as a side effect it's been very difficult to collate the evidence so there's actually a, a, an assessment of about a thousand patients in Taylor X where they investigated that in more detail so it's really going to help you know the practice of of uh, managing breast cancer patients and understanding some of the side effects that people go through. Okay. And general health has made such a big impact to aspects. Yeah. What can you give us any hints or previews of what you guys what we should look out for next? I mean in a, in a few more years time we've done a similar study but in a high risk group of population and it's a node positive population and that's called Responder um, RX. So it's exactly the same design as Taylor X, but it's got node-positive patients in it. Okay, okay. So that'll be really interesting yeah. to see um, how the, the gene signature works there. I mean, we've got a lot of data already in node-positive patients. I mean, over um, 9,000 patients um, in randomized clinical controlled studies, which um, show that the test is able to, again, to identify patients with node-positive disease that have a, a better prognosis versus those that have a poor prognosis and those that benefit more from chemotherapy. So I think that again will be a practice changing data when it gets presented because at the moment those factors like nodal status, grade, age and size uh, are used to identify patients for chemotherapy but we know that on their own they're, they're not very good predictors of chemo so when you add the um, recurrence score in you get a better indicator of who's going to respond to chemo so that'll be exciting. Mm. Um, I mean, for me, the, the key thing is to localise this to the UK, and I think it's important now with such pivotal data that NICE and their ongoing process do actually include it in their analysis, because at the moment some of the assumptions um, they've made are based on quite old historic um, data, which um, when now with the Taylor X results, those assumptions aren't actually correct or valid anymore. So inclusion of the Taylor X data will um, enable them to build a more robust economic model um, which will kind of incorporate this recent data, which is a better representation of management of contemporary patients with breast cancer with today's regimes, their outcomes and their risks. All that data is in Taylor X. Yeah.